Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Everybody, Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us in studio now, it's Rob Roper. Good morning, Rob. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Oh, pretty well. A little Great. jet lagged from a recent trip out to the West Coast, but uh, but my coffee's keeping me going. There All right. Go. So if you're off your game a little bit, we'll, we'll know why. <laughs> I mean, you, we're, uh, we're still trying to figure out why I'm off my game. <laughs> I don't have the jet lag as an excuse. But um, you have your latest column is one that's really timely because I've been meaning to bring this up on the show for a while. And you have talked about this list of legislators, including the lieutenant governor, who have signed on to a proposal basically to pack the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it really is. Um, uh, I was shocked to see this letter, and there are 18 uh, Vermont statewide or, or state elected officials, uh, and the, the lieutenant governor, there's a number of senators, a number of House members who've signed on to this letter calling for uh, the packing of the Supreme Court by adding four new justices to uh, to the rolls. And you know, the, my, my column, which you can read at uh, robroper.stubstack.com, the name of the column is Behind the Lines, Rob Roper on, on Vermont Politics. Um, but it's really, it, it, I, I say this a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but not entirely, that it, it, it's, an insur- it's a call for insurrection. Uh, because the, the Supreme Court is a co-equal branch of government with the legislature and the executive branch. Right. So, you know, when... when You've got people out there saying, you know, the uh, the presidential election was illegitimate and we need to, uh, you know, use these obscure rules to mm-hmm. overturn uh, the results of that election. And they're being called insurrectionists. Some of them are, are going to jail uh, or being prosecuted for what they said. Well, the Supreme Court is a co-equal branch of government. Nothing happened in the appointment of those justices that is beyond the rule of law. Uh, beyond the Constitution, beyond the rules of the Senate. Uh, they're just saying, we don't like the outcome. Right. So we're going to, you know, kick over the table and, and put these guys on the court to further our own political agenda, which is contrary to the concept of the balance of powers between the three branches of government. Now, you go through the letter in detail in your column and and respond to each section of it. And one of the things that they say that they need they have to do this for is because um there is one of the things they i don't know if they said it so much in the letter but i know this has been this has been one of the things which is that they have these issues with clarence thomas and alito that there are issues of them taking favors or whatever and not reporting things that there's issues of corruption and that they aren't uh, self-regulating themselves the way they should um and so they they've always cited i don't know if it's in the letter so much but that that's one of the reasons they use these issues to say this is why we need to add four justices yeah well they actually don't mention they don't mention that in the letter that corruption in the letter but it's something they pointed that has been something that they pointed to um you know it's certainly not what they're pointing to certainly isn't limited to the republican appointed justices and it it seems like it's they're, they're trying to manufacture a case in order to try to get away with this, there there doesn't seem to be any evidence of real corruption there. It just seems to be, you know, like like, like one of the issues with the, just say, oh, so, some billionaire paid for Clarence Thomas's kids or uh, school. Well, this was a child that was adopted by Clarence Thomas and his wife 
as part of a community thing. They took this kid in, and one of the friends who was sort of like, "Hey, we got to give this kid a chance in life," right? Supported him and you know paid for his education. This is a great story, yeah. and they're trying to turn it into a scandal. Of now, course, one, of course. one of the things they do say, I'll give you a chance to go through as you did in the column. They say today the Republican appointed supermajority that controls the Supreme Court is an existential threat to our rights and our democracy. To secure the future of our rights and democracy and our ability to govern as state and local elected officials, we need to expand the court and restore balance to it. Yeah, uh, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, that, that's this is not what democracy looks like. I mean, the the court is is there. It's we have a system in place for appointing these judges, and I know that there, there was some hardball played. There was political hardball played by Mitch McConnell with the Merrick Garland. Uh, nomination that happened at the end of the Obama administration. Uh, which is one of the things they point is, to. Which is one of the things sure. they point to, but that's, it was hardball politics. The way it works is that, you, that the, the president nominates somebody and then has to go to the Senate for advice and consent, and the Republican con- uh, the Senate did not consent to Merrick Garland being the nominee. So Barack Obama could have put somebody else up. He chose not to. Uh, I don't know if the Republicans would have consented to that nominee. They probably would have run out the clock. Uh, but but all of well, that was within the, in the in the rules of the Constitution and and the rules of the Senate. So you can't really complain. I mean, when Democrats put forward you know big items such as like Obamacare through uh, budget reconciliation, that's political hardball. But they're playing within the rules. We don't like it, but. They do, well, and, and nobody's Senate, saying throwing them out. And all you have to do is say Harry Reid. He changed the, the 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 rules in the Senate, and 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 everybody's like, "Well, you realize you may not be in power next time around." Well, and and it came home to roost. We got some calls for you. Yep. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Rob. I'm glad you mentioned the Merrick Garland thing. That wasn't hardball. That was pleased, but that's secondary. That the number of Supreme Court justices have changed over time. It's been nine for a long time, and Congress. Um, has the power to determine the number of justices, I'm certainly not suggesting that it needs to change. But when you say you can't complain about um, what um, McConnell did to Merrick Garland and then point to Obamacare, it seems to me Republicans are still complaining about Obamacare. So yeah. certainly people can complain. Yes, but people. I didn't say what, people can't what, complain. I said it wasn't beyond. No, it wasn't corrupt. You, it wasn't beyond the, the bounds of the rules. You said you can't complain. Anyway. But I think what McConnell did was just, uh, um, I lost all respect for him when, when he pulled that thing on Obama. And quite frankly, um, they didn't advise him. He said, he didn't even bring it to a vote. I mean, why not bring Garland to a vote and vote him down? He didn't even do that. They just sat on it. I think it's because Barack Obama, um, President um, Obama was black. I think it wouldn't have happened if um, it had been another Democrat. Rob, mm. uh, uh, I don't think there's any any justification for that that charge. That I mean, no. that I I, I thought at the time that because the Supreme Court is hardball on both sides, we've seen what the Democrats have done to any nominee that the Republicans put oh, up, yeah. Oh, yeah. and obviously McConnell did the same thing. I mean, my view, and we'll never know this, but speculation, but I felt like if the Democrats were in the same situation with the Republican in the last year and an election upcoming, they'd have said, let's leave it to the voters. Let's leave this as an election issue for oh, voters. Oh, sure, sure they would have. Sure they would have. I mean, it, it's it's hardball politics. It's been real hardball politics ever since Clarence Thomas. Uh, well, Robert Bork, really. They had the term that they got borked. Yeah. Now, isn't it true that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even, the liberal icon on the Supreme Court, said 
it would be a huge mistake. I don't have the exact quote, but she thought it would be a terrible mistake to try to add justices. I think so. I I, I can't recall if if she actually had said that quote. But there have been a lot of the, a lot of folks on the court, left and right, who've said it would be a, it would be a bad idea. And Anthony, to your point that you made before the call came in, uh, and this is how I sort of end my column is. Yeah, it is a Harry Reid situation because I don't think the Democrats have the votes to do this, uh, but they're making the case to add four justices to the Supreme Court. Right. So what happens if there's a very good – the map is set up for Republicans to win the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in a very good place. Never underestimate their ability to screw it up, but they're in, <laughs> but they're in a very good place to win Provided back they, the yeah. Senate, and yeah. they're in a very good place – given biden's numbers to win back the presidency if trump is a nominee i think it's a coin toss if it's somebody else i think they have a better shot but let's say that those things happen you've just made the case for the republican president and the republican senate to say hey we're going to reach across the aisle and do exactly what you guys have said you wanted to do for the last three years and we're going to put Four more people, four more conservatives on the court. Exactly, and and then they wouldn't like that anymore. <laughs> and, and, they, and then they wouldn't like that anymore. So you know that, and that, and that's sort of my point. I mean, the the caller was correct, and I opened my column with this point: is that there there is no set number of Supreme Court justices. My complaint isn't with uh, the, okay, we want to have more justices or not, but the case they make is one basically of. We want to overthrow what the court is supposed to be, which is a uh, a check and balance on the other two legislative, the, the legislative and the executive branch. Well, they just they just get, they they set the rules up and then they got bit by their own rules and and they, now they want to change the rules again. But be careful who's going to be in majority after you change the rules to your favor. Yep. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You know, when, when David Zuckerman and all of his fellow progressives wake up in the morning, the first thought that comes to mind is how can we circumvent this obstacle that stands in the way of what we want to do? And that obstacle is the Supreme Court and the U.S. Constitution. So this is really all they have left is to try to destroy the court that ups, upholds what stands in the way of what they want to do. So uh stands the reason that they would keep working on this. Yep. No, I agree a hundred percent. That's what the column is saying. Let's uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, yes. Good morning. Uh, just a reminder that there were four other instances before Merrick Garland, where uh, in the last year of their presidency, uh, presidents did not get to appoint their choices. So this was not groundbreaking. This was a fifth time occurrence in the history of our country. So there's nothing new about it. Number two, thank. God, Merrick Garland, did not get on that court. Now that we've seen what a weasel he is running the DOJ, what a corrupt little man he is, abusing the power of the DOJ, etc., etc. Thank heaven, right? Great call. I uh, I was thinking that. I just didn't want to get into the didn't way into that comment, but my goodness. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I'm just calling in response to the prior caller accusing um, McConnell with Merrick Garland of being under, um, only doing that because Barack Obama was black. As somebody who is in a biracial family, I'm very tired of people throwing out the race card for everything. It's like the boy who cries wolf. There are real legitimate 
concerns regarding racism, and it really dilutes the issue when people just throw that out so um, carelessly. So anyway, just wanted to make that comment. Thank you. Rob? No, it's a good comment. I think that the, the fact that you know people can disagree on on policy and race really doesn't have anything to do with it. It kind of reminds me a little bit. That's what you think of uh, uh, Nikki Haley saying, you know, we all ought to be concerned about if we elect Joe Biden again, we could get Nick, we could get Kamala Harris as the president. There was a pretty good chance of that. And then people came out and said that was a racist comment that she just doesn't want to have a minority woman as president. <laughs> Like, so, in other words, you can't right. disagree. You can't think to be concerned about her being present with all we've seen. It'd have to be racism. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nikki Haley, for those who may not be paying close attention, is is in, uh, uh, Asian Indian. Yeah, she, you know? she herself is not uh, white. No. Uh, I, I, I point that out periodically. I, It's the instant card to play. You see, it, it's it instantly supposed to shut everything down. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's frustrating. But I don't think for one second that the Republicans blocked Merrick Garland because Barack Obama was a black president. No, I think they blocked him because they knew what we now know about the guy. Yeah. I mean, behind the scenes. And they were in playing Washington. hardball politics, yeah, as and, you mentioned. Yeah, that's they, the wanted way to, they wanted to get their, like it or not, that's the way to play. One of their nominees on the court. All right, let me read another section. We've got another call. We'll get right to it. But first, the Supreme Court is controlled by, this is the from the letter. Yep. The Supreme Court is controlled by an extremist supermajority that is enacting a partisan Republican agenda instead of following the Constitution and the rule of law, as we saw in the decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I, they couldn't have picked a worse example of, of uh, you know, ex- extremism, because Roe v. Wade, even, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg admitted that it was bad, a bad ruling at the time because it wasn't based in constant uh, it wasn't based in the constitution so what the court did is they return according to the 10th amendment uh they nothing in the constitution says abortion the 10th amendment says if if the constitution doesn't specifically give the federal government the power to act on an issue it is returned to the states or to the people so that's exactly what they did they said okay it, it, look it's not in the constitution the states have to make these decisions the elected leaders of this, the states uh, have to make laws, which is what's happening. We, we made a law here in Vermont. In fact, we made a law before the law. Then we changed our own constitution in order to do it. That's democracy. I mean, they're saying democracy is in danger. The court followed the constitution and they handed the issue back to the elected leaders so that the people could have some sort of say in how they want abortion to be handled on a state-by-state issue. That's exactly what democracy is supposed to look like. It's not supposed to be sue your way until you get what you want? No. Uh, and when I say legislate from the bench, people sometimes don't realize it. I've, I've changed it. Now I just say, so you sue your way until you get what you want. That's democracy. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on The Morning Drive. Good morning. Uh, hi, Rob. I want to thank you for uh, your substack behind the lines. I think it's great, and every uh, voter should subscribe and read what you're writing because it's really been terrific. This piece in, about the Supreme Court in particular I found really, really good. And one thing I'd also want to point out, um, in their letter, uh, which the, uh, the lieutenant governor and the legislator signed, they talk about the Supreme Court as an extremist supermajority, well, who do you think they are in the Vermont legislature? What a bunch <laughs> of hypocrites, right? <laughs> uh, so, 
you know, they, they really shed some light on themselves in a way in this letter, um, in a perfect way. And, and I think people should understand, you know, the lieutenant governor, when he comes on this show, um, you know, you guys treat him very, very well, actually, because he is one of the extremists uh, of the supermajority. And make no mistake, even though there's only like 30 signers to the letter, those people represent the guidestone of this particular legislature that we have in Montpelier right now. And they're the people calling the shots, and it's their ideology that they are pushing through with everything that they do. So I'll leave that for Rob or the rest of you to comment. But thanks again, Rob. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that, and I appreciate the pitch. And if if folks listening would like to sign up uh, for the column, you can go to robertroper.substack.com, and the name of the column is Behind the Lines, Rob Roper on Vermont Politics. Now, Rob, here's one that I am not surprised at all that they went to, because this is one we've heard the president go to from the get-go of his administration. So they say, we are especially concerned about voting rights and democracy as the court routinely steps in to make it easier for Republicans to suppress the vote, Jerry and gerrymander districts. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I, I didn't. I, I took this line by line, and there are a couple that I left out, and I almost left this one out, but it's so personal to me that I felt I had to because it was a long. It's a longer article for me. It's like eight to ten minute read. It's opposed yeah. to three or four, but I had to talk about this because I was on the reapportionment board uh, the last two decades. Uh, but the, the, this last one, we had a tripartisan uh, uh, map that that went along with public opinion saying that, you know, we want all single member legislative districts of all single member house districts, all single member Senate districts. Uh, it was uh, VPERG agree. You know, I and VPERG were on the same page, which is something that almost never happens. It has like 70, 80% approval through the state. And they, the, the, as the prior <laughs> caller said, you know, these are uh, ideological, uh, zealots and they just took that map and threw it aside and they put their own map in there they gerrymandered that thing uh, and a lot of the people who are on that list wouldn't be in districts where they could get elected if it weren't for gerrymandering the map uh so when they it's like no they don't care about democracy they don't care about the voters what the voters say if the voters don't agree with them and around the country i mean we know that the party in power does try to help themselves when they uh, you know when that's they reapportion yeah that's yeah. politics both sides do it I mean, in New York, it was so bad by the Democrats that they sent it to a, a panel that the judge appointed to redraw the lines. That was yeah. because of the Democrats. So yeah. did that not concern them, I wonder? Well, I, I, I'm sure it did concern them. But, you know, it's it, it's very hard to say because, you know, that's one of the constitutional issues there. It's, it's up to the legislatures to determine these determine these lines. And this is one of the places where I will disagree with some of the courts because the courts are asserting power that they don't have to redraw these lines. It's not within their constitutional purview to do it. Um, So although I was on the board and I put forward that map, and I do complain (laughs) to to that caller who who criticized me on this, but my complaints are, you know, not – they're based on morals, not the law. Yeah, my my – Point wasn't that the court was right to do it, just yeah. that the that the map was so bad yeah. that they gave them time to to change it, and when they didn't, they they took it away from them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 it they they gerrymander. Let's put it that way. They're, they're doing exactly what they're complaining about themselves. Uh, one more here. We're almost out of time, but so in the letter they say these legislators that sign on to the letter saying add four justices. The court's overreach is all the more concerning because the Republican supermajority is illegitimate. 
Republicans blocked Mayor Garland's nomination, rammed through Brett Kavanaugh, despite credible charges of perjury and sexual assault, and confirmed Amy, Amy Coney Barrett after 60 million Americans had already voted in the presidential election. Yeah, and this this is where I get to the, uh, this is really tantamount to a call for, for insurrection, you know, in today's modern tongue-in-cheek sort of definition of what it is. Because when they're saying that the court is illegitimate, uh, they're they're basically calling to overturn the legitimate appointment of these of these nominees to, to the court. Again, you can complain about the the political hardball, but you can't complain about the legality of what they did. And isn't this something that President Biden, other people on the left, had said about Donald Trump that he was tearing down our our institutions by yeah. criticizing them? Yeah, and and, yeah, and they say, oh my God, just look at the violence that took place on January sixth. Well, you know when Chuck Schumer was out there trying to delegitimize the court uh it, a, a young man showed up in washington dc with a, a rifle and a couple <laughs> with an intent to assassinate at least brett kavanaugh and possibly some other uh, conservative members of the court so that they are sort of creating this this culture of of violent response and you know quasi-revolution uh, themselves uh and the court obviously they don't like a lot of their decisions because Elections have consequences. Donald Trump was elected yeah. at that time, and he got the appointments of uh, how many justices? Three. Yeah, three. And and, and the, uh, but those elections have consequences. Now people can say he didn't get it yeah. under the system of elections we have. He got elected. Um, it's 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 again we talked about it. But if it switches over, are they going to like it if the Republicans want to add justices? In the next election, you know? <laughs> no, uh, no, of course, of course not. And and you know, so, so this is the point that I want to make. If these folks who have signed on to this letter really believe that expanding the court is the best thing for protecting the Constitution and protecting our small d democracy and our democratic republic, then it's a good idea. Two years from now, when somebody else is in power and they want to put people on the court, and if they would then you know switch and do a 180 based on on that, then it's not a sound constitutional small d democracy idea. It's a partisan attack on a co-equal branch of government, uh, one of the three pillars of our of our great. Couldn't nation. you argue that for some on the left, they should have liked the Dobbs decision by the Supreme Court in regard to abortion? Because I had a. a elected person on the left say to me in regard to that decision uh we were talking about putting that back in place and said oh that was very weak the the what they had in place for because of roe v wade was not nearly strong enough they wanted what vermont did but to me like okay doesn't that say to you that 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 was a decision you should have actually liked yeah i don't understand why the, uh, the democrats should like it because they've actually used it to, to very powerful political effect i mean i i think that there was a Republican wave building based mm -hmm. on Biden's policy. And I think a lot of the, the reasons the Republicans wave didn't materialize be, was because of that abortion issue. They, they've they've used it to effect. Oh, I think they're going to continue it's coming back and they're going to continue me. to try to use it to yeah, effect. They just and, parked it. And, for a and while. you know, I think it's a, it is a debate that I think the country needs needs to have. And it, and it should be a debate. It shouldn't be a ruling handed down from nine unelected appointed people making law. The people who make the law are the ones who get elected, so at least we have some say in it.
All right, Rob Roper, thanks for being on the Morning Drive today. This is a fascinating issue. Always fun, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and you can find Rob Roper, uh, Rob Roper at uh, Substack behind the lines. It's a great. Uh, you should subscribe. It's you were great. thinking thanks. of Al Roker. I was thinking Al Roker, <laughs> Rob Roper, Substack. My lips are stuck together. It's all good. All right, we'll be back with Mighty John Marshall, the record.